and we're seeing our traffic literally double like every two months. Wow. So it went from 1,500 people to 3,000, and now we're on track to do 6,000. And it's all a strategic approach. This is Digital Marketing. Hey, it's Mark DeGrasse here, and I've got a question for you. What if you could legally get the emails of almost every person who visits your site? Seriously, what if you could safely and respectfully retarget your website visitors via email just by dropping a pixel onto your site? It might sound too good to be true, but our new sponsors at getemails.com can do just that. They've created a system that's compliant with U.S. laws and regulations, and every email address they send you is opted in to receive emails. So that means that you can connect your anonymous website visitors to real people and safely retarget them through email with real-time, fully compliant interactions. It might sound too good to be true, but trust me, it works. The CEO, Adam Robinson, is brilliant. And he believes in his product so much that he's willing to do something a little crazy for digital marketer listeners. If you go through their easy 30-minute onboarding process and haven't 5X your investment within the first six months, they'll give you all of your money back. To take advantage of the offer, go to getemails.com slash digitalmarketer. That's getemails.com slash digitalmarketer. Hey everyone, this is Mark DeGrasse, the president of Digital Marketer, and this is the podcast that keeps you up to date on everything you need to know when it comes to digital marketing, from the platforms you need to be focused on to the cutting edge tactics and tools that you need to be working on today. I have a very, very special guest, Julia McCoy, the founder of Content Hacker and author of over six books, including Content Burnout, So You Think You Can Write, and Practical Content Strategy and Marketing. She sold over 1 million, maybe more, because she doesn't keep track of that, including 1 million people actually contacted within one week weekend, which is super cool. So welcome, Julia. Thank you so much, Mark. It's so great to be here. What a fantastic introduction. Yeah, thank you. I've been practicing. <laughs> I can verify that. I'm here in the studio with you. So let's talk about your books. I think that's so amazing. Like your your titles for your books are just things we would have articles on, which is pretty yes. incredible. Amazing. Uh, when did you come out with your first, say, marketing book? Yes, 2016. So I had been running my agency Express Writers, which I sold in 2021. I had been running it for about four years and I had just been asked over and over, what do you do? It was either that or can you please hire me? And that <laughs> usually didn't work out well because then I had to teach my friends content. So that's why I wrote my first book. I called it So You Think You Can Write? Question mark. Oh, and that. that book introduces content at a very beginner level. It's helped a lot of people. Oh, I'm sure. Because that, that the whole idea of content is either just a complete mystery or just kind of misconstrued to people. Yes, yeah, so true. Well, and it's it's the content sort that we actually have coming up. We're trying to say, okay, it's, content is not about distribution. Mm. It's about yes. production. Yes, 100% agree. Creation is where I live. And there's so many myths around that because what about promotion? What about backlink? What about all the cold pitches to get things? And 100% of my strategy, I've been behind over 40,000 content projects in my agency before I sold it. And my entire strategy was creating the content. We actually dropped all the other services that we were asked to do, like doing SEO, doing forum posts, getting backlinks in favor of just content creation, because that's the power of it. When it's that good, people are going to take action from it and you don't need any other strategy. It's powerful, but that's the truth. I love it. Well, and you're educating or I call it pre-education of your potential customers where you're mm -hmm. saying, okay, 
how do I inform you that I am the professional, the expert, the authority that you should be listening to? And what you've done, write books, <laughs> I think is one of the best ways to do it. Yes, completely agree. I'm a big fan of long form content, which I call sustainable type of marketing. Ooh, okay. And your best long form content is a book. There's no better. But a lot of people can't start there because books are intimidating. And that's totally fine. You probably shouldn't <laughs> live in your expertise for a minute, create mm -hmm. content there, and then translate that into a book and it'll come out really well. Well, let's talk about that because I think a lot of people are scared of writing. You say writing, they True. think of school, they think of reports. Do you actually encourage people to learn how to write? Or do you say other types of content creation like podcasting or video? That's a great question. In 2019, I launched a course called Unlearn Essay Writing because one of the biggest things we had to teach our writers whenever I was behind these 40,000 content projects and we were writing content for some of the biggest names, biggest brands and the little brands, your mom and pop store. So we saw what worked, right? And we saw that the essay style of writing, which we're still taught in college, actually deters your reader from scrolling. And you have to earn and win that scroll from them because mm. of all the interruptions. Apps are coming along, text notifications, Slack, you name it. And the apps just continue to increase in the 2020s. So we saw that you really had to learn how to write that type of content that had flow. Mm. And that's critical. And before you learn how to write that type of content, you have to unlearn what your AP professor taught you because it doesn't work. Even Elon Musk has been quoted, I think on Snapchat or TikTok saying essays turn your readers off. So it, he knows this. No, I think the only thing I could think of like, okay, I need to write an essay is how many words? And yes. it was like, oh, I need to get to 10,000. not content. No, it's not <laughs> copywriting. Yes. True story. So do you think it's copywriting? Because a lot of people, that's another confusion, I think, where it's like, okay, copywriting is content. And it's a type of content. How do you kind of define the two? Yes. Well, a part of me kind of laughs. Some people just really want to picket fence that. Stick a knife in it and talk about it. But really, they intermingle a lot because you need copywriting to persuade and then you need content to build authority. Mm. So content to me is it bridges that gap from somebody that just doesn't know anything about you and your brand. Bridges that gap over into, okay, I want them to buy from me. Well, how do you get them to buy? That's persuasion. That's copywriting, mm. which is a whole nother art. Content is value. And it's interesting because we've sold big ticket items like $10,000 packages straight from content. So if your content's full of value and that's the first touch rather than this pushy, so if you get it backwards and their first touch is that persuasion and the push, trying to get you to buy instead of building value, building authority, then that mix is just not good. It cancels out each other and you'll be wasting time and money. So if you start with content, you build authority, you put in like investment, you put in, and then you expect return later on when they've touched several different points on your site mm. or seen you at different places, email, ad copy, et cetera. Then that's when you can switch over into the copywriting voice and persuade. Oh, that's great. Well, and the content flow that you talk about, is that kind of the mix when you're saying, okay, content mixed with that copywriting persuasion? Or how do you get the flow so people mm. actually finish your articles? Yeah, so that is where I call it content. But for example, if you go to Content Hacker and you read my content, I know you guys are really good at this too is you'll see content there that's very personal, right? It's not the jargon, it's not the elite voice that's like, okay, do this and then do this. And then there's 30 other steps and then there's no clarity. So my content is very clear, it tells you stories and that could be called copywriting, 
because what we do now is at the end of our blog post, we dedicate the last 300 words and the concluding H2, your last subheader, we dedicate all of that to persuading the reader to take the next step. Ah. So we stop giving value. We just started doing this about six months ago. We stop giving value and we start convincing. And we've seen people book a call apply, take the next step, whatever it is we're trying to get them to do, straight from that block. It's been magical. So you can blend both, absolutely. And that's where it's like, there's not a clear black and white line. <laughs> good content is copywriting and good copywriting is content in some forms. Oh, that's awesome. So for the skeptical people about writing, we both know it's hard to get people to write, True. <laughs> especially your clients. Yeah. Uh, how do you argue for writing versus the other newer forms, which is video? and podcasting or whatever types that don't involve actually writing things down. Mm. Should people start with writing? Great question. Well, I say never write yourself. If mm. you're not a writer, just don't even do it. Don't, try. <laughs> don't even try. <laughs> like you'll just get in over your head, you'll get bogged down, you'll get burned out, and you could have been doing a million other things that you're actually good at to build your business. Mm. So just go hire the writer. I mean, it's painful, right? Like have to pay money to get content to appear on your page. Well, I can just write that. But the truth is, if it's not good content and you write it and it's crap, nobody's going to take action. So you're setting yourself back, wasting your time, burning yourself out and you keep going. So just hire the writer. That's my rant. <laughs> so for hiring writers then, do you actually still try to pull points from say the owner of a business or the mm. person you're creating the content for? Or do you say, hey, we did the research and we think you should talk about this? Yeah. So strategy, right? That's what you're talking about. It's a whole different type side of writing. There's writing and then there's strategy. And we saw this I started in 2011. And back then content was emerging, writing content for your blog to pull in leads and traffic. It was considered a newer thing. And people, my clients back then, they would put the strategy on me and I'd be like, I don't know. I'm just here to write. <laughs> what is so, your business? <laughs> so it is Definitely two different things. And if you go hire a writer, you need to have your brand developed. You need to have clarity around, I'm going to say it, your brand name, who your brand serves, your products, your services. What are those? Have all of that clearly defined mm. before you go hire that writer. And then you can show the writer your brand, your ideas. That's huge. Like, do not outsource your ideas. I talk about yeah. this everywhere. Don't delegate your ideas. Delegate the content creation. So once you have ideas and they're going in an editorial calendar, and that's where maybe start with hiring a strategist before you hire the writer, if that's also a gray area for you. Oh, and yes, it. you need two people. It can't all be done by you, but this is how to do it really well. That's awesome. So if somebody says they have the strategy, they say, okay, here's what we want to do. Let's talk about content volume, because mm -hmm. I always touch on that. I'm always arguing with people online because they're like, no, you just need one good article online. Oh, dear. <laughs> What's your opinion there? <laughs> well, you do need volume. <laughs> I saw it said, I think it was a TikTok or a reel or something. It's one piece of content that took a lot of work to the algorithm. It's just one piece. <laughs> and you need to feed that machine that is looking for fresh content all the time to serve people. And what I teach, what I do, all my books, you see this, is the content house approach. Mm -hmm. So if you own your house and it's your website that your best content comes from, then the reach can't be taken away. It just grows over time. You stack visitors. Mm -hmm. You can go from, we're doing a blog a week that's long form and it's really good. I have three to four people involved. This is content hacker strategy. And we're seeing our traffic literally double like every two months. Wow. So it went from 1,500 people to 3,000, and now we're on track to do 6,000. And it's all a strategic approach, right? So I'm the strategy person. And then even though I'm a writer, I have writers uh -huh. writing all the content because I got a two-month-old at home and yeah. an eight-year-old. I can't be writing all the time. 
So that is separating those two parts. And then knowing that volume, it's important. You have to have, I think HubSpot study, which I've been quoting for five years, of 33,000 bloggers, they found that at the 400 blog mark, that's mm. when things begin to just snowball for you. And you go from like two leads a day to six. Mm. Like, doesn't that sound like something you want if you're building a million dollar business? So you got to hit hundreds of blog posts in order to make that happen. I love that. Well, and I always tell people, you're talking about making one good piece of content, but who's defining good? Because if mm. you're defining good, who cares? Yes. <laughs> does Google define as good? Does your audience define as good? Does True. people you've never met before even consider consider it good. Yes. So do you basically go with the, we're going to try a bunch of things, targeted content, but at the end of the day, the algorithm or the audience will decide what's good? Mm. That is a really good question. Yeah. I think it's different and times are changing like so quickly yeah. and I'm just like trying to stay ahead. It feels like every day things are just changing so fast in the 2020s. So it's definitely more you need to have a clear strategy before you publish each piece of content. And that strategy, keyword research, that's one part. What's your keyword score? What's the volume like? But more importantly than the numbers is the relevancy to the actual person that's gonna read it. Mm. Is, are they gonna care about this? Is it related to the product or service you sell? One marketing acronym I really like is keep it simple, stupid. Mm. <laughs> As a reminder to all of us marketers that the questions that we haven't answered are our lowest hanging fruit. Let's say you have a product or a service or like better yet, my friend Paul, Visible TV, it's a streaming app. What questions has he not answered on his website? Like, mm. how do I hook up the actual app to my computer? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Things like that, that you wouldn't even think of because you're up here trying to build your vision. And that's where a strategist, if you haven't hired one, can really help you get some clarity. Do you have any tips in regards to just topic generation? Because for me, I always went back to the FAQ, like, hey, let's answer your customers' questions. Like your customers want it anyways. And now you can target people who have the same questions, who aren't your customers yet. Mm. But in terms of topics, do you break it down into, say, your existing customers versus potential customers or virality versus keyword optimization? Yes. So I, I have a concept right now called the bucket strategy. And it's think of sales and connections. So make sales and connections with your audience. You want to think of topics that directly help you sell. So what are those questions you haven't answered yet that are stopping that sale from happening? And that could be a blog. For example, I run a coaching program and one of my blogs is what we talked about on the Friday call. It sells the program, but at the same time, it informs you and it's driven around a keyword business coaching program. So it does three things there. Nice. So that's what you want to do with your content. And at the beginning for four years, whenever I was doing content, 11 years now, it definitely was throwing spaghetti at the wall. Mm -hmm. And whenever we shifted that approach and we were like, okay, every piece of content is going to be backed with a strategy, every single topic. Does it relate to our audience? Does it actually matter to our services? And then thirdly, does it, the third thing I do is, does it build influence? Mm -hmm. Which could be you writing on something that's way left field. But if it builds influence, then that's amazing. Like on Constant Hacker Blog, we talk about this Japanese concept. It's left field from all the topics we talk about, but it's tied back into defining your purpose, which mm. is an emerging topic for our entrepreneurs and our audience. So left field is okay as long as it's tied back to your audience and what they care about. Oh, love that. Well, and do you actually get take content or content concepts from your audience? What questions they're asking or maybe the comments they make on your other articles? Like what's the process for gaining ideas from your audience? Mm, great question. So we're really careful there because in the past we've learned that if you just take 
comments from random people that are reading your blog and don't have a vested interest in your company, then you could be going wrong and you could be targeting the wrong people. So for example, right now comments are turned off (laughs) and we take uh, content ideas and inspiration directly from the keyword research we do. So we'll sit down do like once every three weeks keyword research around all of the things we talk about, like content writing, what are the keywords being searched? Mm. So those are individual blog topics. And then the other strategy is we listen to the questions that our customers have. Like, And it's me live on the phone call. And these are either paid coaching sessions or that strategy call that's not paid, but it could be, right, a paying customer could come from that. So that's the only place we get real-time feedback, because if you can circle all over the web, you can go to Corey, but are those people actually your customers? Are they going to buy from you? So that's why we go to either keyword research, we target that cold traffic in Google, where we can have an amazing win, find a keyword nobody's cornered yet, happens so often, I'm still amazed by that. Or we can go to our customers and our clients and see what are their actual questions these days. And it still surprises me, the questions that I hear, they're very basic or things that I've thought I've answered that I haven't yet. (laughs) You know, say somebody has a blog or a company has a blog. I always talk about categorization of content as well. Mm. Like how does content that you produce relate to other content that you produce? That way people stay on the website longer. Do you have any tips in terms of categorization of your content on your website or? Yes. Yes. So we, I just kind of call it broadly interlinking. You want to always be linking to all of your other content. And we just did a SEMrush site audit. We found all these 404s, just corrected them. And what we learned from it, after also looking at top bloggers in my industry, is the less you link to outside sources, the better. And this sounds Mm. very strange because, you know, you want to back up your claims, still do that. But if you link to an outside source, what can happen is that could be a 404. You can't control that. You can only control your content. So this is why big publications like Content Marketing Institute, Smart Blogger, they're interlinking, you'll see, to all of their own content. And in a thousand word post, you might get like two outside links. And it's to places that are live statistics or the PDF of a study or a really big publisher. That's it. And then everything else, even some claims that they cite that were linked to in another blog, they're linking to that blog on their site instead mm-hmm. of the source. So therefore you can control all the 404s because of all of that's a ding that you don't want with Google. Oh, that's a huge tip. Cause it's, you see all the stats and there's always like the basic, like, yeah, you need to link other places and blah, 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 but. Basic advice. Basic advice. <laughs> <Not actually>. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Ryan Dice here. You know, it's been a while since I've run the day-to-day for Digital Marketer, the company that Roland and I are partners in. Fortunately, we have a great team and great partners who help us with all that nitty-gritty stuff now. But the one thing that we focused on while I was there and the one thing the team still focuses on to this day is optimizing everything. I'm talking testing everything from the sales copy to the color of the checkout button. Testing like this can have a huge impact on your bottom line, but the truth is it takes a lot of time and a lot of resources. And half the time we were just throwing stuff against the wall just to kind of see what stuck. But the good news is you don't have to figure everything out on your own anymore. And that's because our friends at Conversion Fanatics have optimized hundreds of sites in all types of industries from small startups to Fortune 500s. And now they can handle all your testing and optimization for you too. So if you feel stuck when it comes to optimizing your website, go and visit conversionfanatics.com and they'll give you a list 
of custom suggestions to optimize your site 100% free. Once again, you can find them at conversionfanatics.com. So how do you compare if somebody's thinking about making content and they're thinking, okay, we break it down in three directions, audio, podcast, visual is your videos, and then you have written, which is articles. How do you think people should kind of decide where they should focus? And because for us, a digital marketer will actually take our best articles and write scripts out of those articles and then just make videos out of them. Do you have suggestions for where you should start or should everybody start with writing? Mm, great question. I think you should play to your strong suit, right? Mm. So if you are a natural writer, if you're a natural speaker, I am not years to get on the mic of any mic of any kind. <laughs> I'm, I'm there too. <laughs> so, that's good to know. Then writing is where you should start. For me, at the very beginning, I was like, okay, I'm going to blog a week. I do it for my clients anyway. I'm going to do it for my site. And little by little, that's how we grew our base of 1,300 blogs by the time I exited. Wow. Nine years later. So start there and make sure everything you write is backed by a strategy. Don't mm -hmm. just write on some random topics. I was guilty of that too. We would write about the Super Bowl or just really random stuff. That's awesome. Yes. But if speaking is your strong suit, start a podcast. That's something you enjoy. Start there. And then you can always add in the other formats as time goes on. That's great. So in terms of, say, they're not a writer, they know they need to have these blog posts, the scripts, or whatever it is. What tips do you have for hiring a good writer for your mm, business? Yes. Well, this isn't easy. So that's number one. <laughs> People that know content, and that's what you want. You want the skill. You don't just want like somebody that's a writer, mm. says they're a writer. You want that skill. And the only way to see that skill is to actually see their writing and not their writing as in a resume or a portfolio to see mm. their writing for you. So one thing I recommend that I teach in my coaching program now is to do a skills-based interview. Forget Zoom, forget the call, just actually give them a topic, ask for a hundred words, say, if I don't use it, it can go in your portfolio. That's fine couple of years, I don't own the copyright. And then you actually can see what they can do. And we've, the last time I hired for Content Hacker, I think we went through 310 writers wow. before one really wowed me. And you want to get to that one that wows you because if you do, oh, you don't have gold. any babysitting. Oh. And you can really be hands off. And you want somebody that's not just a, a skilled writer. That's number one. But number two is they're going to enjoy writing for your brand. Mm. So this writer that I found, one out of over 300, she was like, I used to write for WordPress plugins and it was incredibly boring. And now I'm writing for real entrepreneurs and I'm really excited about that. And that shines oh, through her nice. writing every single blog. No, I love that. So for the, let's talk about that. So you found the writer, they're good at writing, they're interested in say your industry or service. How do you get them to write in your brand's voice or mm -hmm. are they determining the brand's voice with the writing? Yes. Excellent question. Not enough brands ask that because you can't expect the writer just to know that, but you have to have that. What I like to say is you have to have that defined before you even hire them. Uh, so have like some kind of brand content style guideline. Are you playful? Are you witty? Are you more articulate? Is there jargon because you're in the tech industry? Is it doesn't need to stay very somber? <laughs> we used to write for funerals. Oh, wow. That was one of our clients that came through. Can't be too we, snarky with those. Oh, ones. dear. <laughs> we had some writers that did not do well. So you have to really know like the brand, the voice, the audience, and that's on you, not the mm. writer. So you have to present them with all of that, the guidelines. And it can be just two pages about your vision, what's who you serve. It could just be a brain dump at the beginning. If you're like, well, this feels overwhelming. <laughs> Start yeah. there. Well, we have, uh, we call it the character diamond. We're saying like, okay, let's look at what character your brand would be if it was in a movie. 
So it, just to kind of wrap it up, if people are great to get serious about their content strategy, specifically with the writing side, what would you recommend be the first step to kind of enact it? Somebody who doesn't have a blog and is like, okay, I know I need to do this. Mm-hmm. What should they do first? So this is, you could, there's so much advice around this part, right? What I like to say is be brand first. Mm. So if your brand isn't developed, if it's not clear, then that's where you start. It's like, how do I define my brand? How do I get clear on it? Who do I serve? What are my products? What are my services? And we have amazing things today, like a brand strategist that Mm. you can work with that specializes in all these different things. And sadly, I sold my agency. So none of this (laughs) is a kickback for me. But that's where I would start is your brand. It's a lot easier. I tell the people I coach this all the time. It's so much easier whenever you're in the thick getting clients to look back and say, oh, I'm so glad I made my brand beautiful. Something I'm proud of before I went and got clients, which is typically the direction most coaches teach you to go in today is actually go get the clients first. I'm like, no, hold on. Let's get our brand right first. Because then you have something you're really proud of. And it's like, I'm really proud of representing this. And then when your content gets created and it builds traffic to your brand, your website looks good the logo's clear, your homepage copy is spot on with who you serve, all of those little things, right? Once you have that foundation set of your content house, then the traffic that builds, like they're going to buy, it's going to be so much easier than going out at the client first approach, which you typically hear these days. Well, I love that. We teach strategy, of course. So <laughs> that's, that's why I'm here. <laughs> music to our ears. Well, thank you so much. I know you have lots of books. Where can people learn about your books or about you or what should they do next? Yes. ConstantHacker.com would be a good place to go. I have, that's where I blog all the time. I have a podcast that I write first. Thank you so much again. Yes. Uh, I think I mentioned we actually are coming up with our new content cert. So hopefully I could get you involved in that. And Sounds amazing. everybody check out the books. We'll link all the books on here because they're just so relevant <laughs> to Very everything cool. we talk about. So thank you so much for coming on. Yes. Thank you, Mark. This is awesome. So thank you so much for listening. Be sure to hit that follow button so you get notified when all of our new episodes are released. Please share this with a friend that is clueless about digital marketing. And don't forget to visit digitalmarketer.com where you can access all of our courses, certifications, and training programs. Thanks again, everyone, and we'll see you next time. This is Digital Marketer. Hey, DM listeners. If you're running a Black Friday or Cyber Monday special, listen up. Because Digital Marketer just released our Canva holiday promo pack. It includes almost 200 templates that you can use to make the graphics for all your upcoming holiday specials and three unique design themes for each holiday. The promo pack is usually $27, but you can get it today for free. Check the show notes for the link to download, or you can go directly to digitalmarketer.com forward slash LP forward slash holiday templates. That's digitalmarketer.com forward slash LP forward slash holiday templates.